568 Plank Road in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our website is gatewaycomicsandtoys.com where you can find more information about our store, including hours, new releases, and specials for the week. Our social media is under Gateway Comics and Toys as well, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Good evening and welcome everybody to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, July 8th. Um, I'm your host, Rando. I have my cohorts in crime here. Enos, say hello. Hello, everyone. Thomas, say hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, Madman is working the boards. Olivia is out sick tonight, so um, hope you feel better, Olivia. You can come back next week, please. Um, all right, so how was everyone's weekend? Good. good. Hot, but good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, we we welcome my newest nephew to the world this hey, week. Congratulations! Congratulations! Thank you. That uh, nephew nephew number eight. So I now have eight nephews and one niece, mm. all belonging to my brother and his wife. And none wow. of them are named Kal-El, right? There's a fail right, right there in your brother's Kal-El. part. This one's name is Jackson. I will refer to him as number nine, just to keep things simple. <laughs> number nine. Well, number he nine. does have the name of the. Uh, first actor to play Captain Marvel on the Shazam TV series, being that you are a Captain Marvel fan, you should be happy about that. True, true. There you go. That's that. That is that is a good thing. Timmy said that he thinks he was going to have him spell his name J A X X O N as a tribute to the Zack video game from the eighties. <laughs> uh, we'll see if his wife lets that happen. Yeah, right. So, uh, since we're talking about our weekends, I decided to uh, start watching that pile of DVDs that's been collecting at right. my house. Um, so Sunday, I watched Shazam. Again. Um, I, I really love I that love movie. It's a good one. Love yeah. it. But then Monday, I watched Logan. Um, and I forgot how much I really love that yeah. Daphne King kid in that well, movie. That She's, little girl was something else. She is fantastic. I, I love this. fantastic. I love the scene where she's gotten to uh, the bunker and they're outside uh, dealing with the, the crew from Transigen. Transigen. And she's sitting there watching the, the security monitor just eating her cereal. And she's not moving. Mm. She's just eating her cereal, looking at the monitor. And then they come in the door behind her and all you see is her eyes just shift to the, to the right. And you're like, because remember, this is when we first see her in action. Right. We just know someone's going to get messed up. Mm, big time. <laughs> And then right before that, when Wolverine comes in there and he tries to grab her back, just the way her face immediately scrunches up like, mm, and she <laughs> slams her hand on it. <laughs> yeah, she was really good in that role. So Yeah, I got my wife to watch Shazam with me, and she was not thrilled with, with watching it until she saw it and loved it. Right. Um, and you're talking about Shazam, right? Yeah. Okay. Just, if I ask yeah, you... Wasn't- if I ask you to repeat yourself, it's because your internet keeps going in and out. Okay. And at one, and sometimes you'll say something, and I will lose what you're saying. Okay. Get robot voices. Yeah. I still, I still really love the part net too. When he's like, "Everybody, hands on deck." He's like, "Say my name." Say my name. Billy. Billy. No, no, no. What is going to become this guy? <laughs> great, 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 great. So, uh, on to the news items. Uh, this was actually a news item Olivia had, but she's not here, so I'm just going to mention it, and I'm going to defer to you because you probably have more information on this mm-hmm. one. Um, apparently, the Batman movie's plot is going to be solely around um, Alfred and Batman. Okay. So, what does that mean? No Robin? No. Uh, I, well, where does Catwoman figure into this? Well... Now, this makes sense because I haven't heard any other casting news as to who's going to be. Well, no, wait a minute. They were, they were, um, they were, uh, they were throwing out a uh, bunch Colin of big Farrell names. The Penguin. Yeah. So, so this is going to be, I think, you're, you're getting a whole lot of stuff on the internet. And I think it's going to be one of those movies that we're not going to see what's going, what's actually going to go on until the, until like about a month or so before the movie comes out. Because you're hearing, 
so many things because this is the first time I've heard about that. And especially when they had cast all of these people, Jeffrey Wright as uh, Commissioner Gordon, they had Colin Farrell as the Penguin, Peter Skarsgård was, uh, excuse me, I think that's his name, uh, the guy that played Hector Hammond in Green, Lan Green Lantern. Right. He was in, in this somehow. That's and, Mark Strong. Huh? No, no, no. Wasn't Mark Strong? Oh, Sinestro. Sorry. Sinestro, but got him backwards. Yeah, the, this this was, uh, I guess his name is Peter Skarsgård. He's married to uh, well, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. He's uh, Pennywise in yeah. the new It. Yeah, and he um, he was, um, this was um, he played Hector Hammond in the... Uh, all right, so I yeah I don't know it it might be one of those things where they're just going to throw a lot of red herrings until yeah, we actually get to until the movie. we get until we get to the movie right. Um, so your follow up news now do you have news this week also on Batman again? Well, of course. Well, that last week I spoke about the casting of um, about Ben Affleck signing a contract for specifically for HBO Max. Now people are saying things as you guys have seen on the Batman page. That um, there are a lot of people disputing and saying he's not coming back to play Batman. Okay, well, why are they bringing him back if he's not going to, especially for the Snyder Cut, if he's not going to be playing Batman? I'm just easing back off of it until I see a little bit something a little bit more concrete. But um, from what I'm hearing, I'm not hearing anyone saying that he isn't right. either. I I would really really lay the long shot odds that he is playing Batman. Right. Um, because Snyder, I mean, DC and Warner Brothers even said they're going to give him another $20 million to finish things exactly. that he didn't get to do. Exactly. And you know they that Snyder was revolving heavily around Darkseid and the evasion of uh, Earth to the point that we even see the Omega sigil in, exactly. in exactly. Batman versus Superman. So I think there has to be some scenes yeah. with, with, the, um, with Batflex. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Batflex. Oh, yeah. Because... The whole premise behind Justice League was that Darkseid had invaded. So right. I, I yeah. I'd I'd be willing to play the long odds. And and, and and yet everyone who's come on the page, and other pages that I've looked at, have not said anything in regard to what you said in reference to the offer to the twenty million dollar offer that's been made to him. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't listen to internet trolls. These are folks who are just saying you hear so much, but yet they're they're not backing up anything that they're saying. I noticed who was the guy who played Cyborg. The name Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. I noticed he's now panning Josh Whedon's cut, even though oh, they yeah. all said he did a great job. Oh yeah. He took over because you, they know now that um, Snyder's going to go back and film those uh, those other missing hours or minutes of footage. So, oh, I remember what your oh yes, I remember what your other news item is. Yeah. I you mentioned this yesterday, and I said yeah, because this this is just like a dumpster fire going on. Go yeah, ahead. It, it exactly. Um. I was um, doing some scouring over the internet this weekend, and I happened to come across, ironically, Jackson Boswick's page, and someone put up a meme, and they had every actor who played Superman, thank you for the member, something like that, and they had Dean Cain in the center, and it was like, not you. Apparently, Dean Cain is coming, on, coming under a lot of fire for his political views. Now, my take on that is you have to it is your right because i feel that and there's mad and madman being we're both veterans we fought for that right for everyone to have the right to give their spiel on everything but i but i started thinking about three actors that stood out to me when i was growing up clayton moore who was the lone ranger mm -hmm. george reeves who was TV a, Superman? TV Superman, and of course Adam West. And I found uh, these three men had a common denominator. They made sure that they didn't do anything or do or say anything that would change anyone's opinion about them because they understood the power that they had in the characters that they played. Because they knew that there were impressionable children watching. And that they wanted to make sure that they remained the heroes that they thought that they were. Exactly. And I think there comes a point where, like with everything else, and I'm going to give Clayton Moore as a prime example. I don't know if any of you ever read it, but there's this thing called the Lone Ranger Creed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know it, but I haven't read it. Um, the very first line of that 
is that to be a to have a friend, one must be one. When Clayton Moore was honored back in 1989, he used he said that in his acceptance speech to the Cowboys Hall of Fame, because he said he felt that he had a responsibility to not only play the Lone Ranger but live up to what the Lone Ranger stood for. Exactly. Now. Again, I want to make it very, very clear, ladies and gentlemen, you have the right to echo how you feel. But there are sometimes I think you need to be quiet and don't say anything because if Dean Kane was just someone else out there, and here's where everything became the dumpster fire that you're talking about. Being that the debate came up because during the old Superman TV series, it did, the end of it always said, fights for truth, justice, and the American way. Well, as we all know, Superman has evolved from that point where he's just not fighting for America right. anymore. Superman is for the net, um, truth, justice, and freedom. I think the best one that I've heard was in the 88 cartoon where Gil Kane did the um, models truth, justice, and freedom for all mankind. I, you can't get it any better than that. And now, and then you should have seen the debate that these guys were having on ja- on Jackson Boswick's page, going back and forth, oh, getting yeah. political about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. You cannot, there comes, a, you have to know when to separate the man from the character that he's portraying. Exactly. But, but I get, but at the same time, it's causing a lot of confusion because it makes people wonder, does Superman feel like that? Because, you know, with everything being written, I understand, gentlemen, right. that, 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 that we all have the, have the good sense to know the difference between the two. But, 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 but at the same time, that's going to cause people to think, well, how, is he going, how, is, how would he play Superman now, being that, he's very, right. being that um, he is so open? If I may. Um, Do it. Uh, when who's the girl that played Captain Marvel? Uh, Brie, Brie Larson. Larson. When Brie Larson, she said some things in in the media that I didn't agree with at all. You saying you know? here, and I don't let that tarnish the the ideal of who Captain Marvel is. Right. And when it comes to like, I didn't like Dean Cain as Superman, but I like him a lot more now. Right. Okay. And so it's, uh, I, I was talking about this on my show last last night. Is that you know Superman is an ideal. Right. You know, it's not something you can actually be. Right. I mean, that's obvious. We're all adults here. It's a fictional right. character. Exactly. But the ideals of Superman or the ideals of Batman, they're kind of uh, unattainable, but it's something we should all strive to, strive to live for. Right. Exactly. You know, and I think that when, like, Brie Larson came out and said some things that, like, it could alienate half her audience, I think that does a dis- disservice to Captain Marvel. And you're talking about actors and stuff like that that are back in the 60s who... Um, uh, <clears throat> They understood that children were most most of their viewers. Exactly. And they felt there was a duty to be an upstanding so that children grow up thinking, it's like, I want to be Batman because right. Batman is a good person. Good person, exactly. Right. And I noticed Tom King took a big swing at uh, Mr. Kane yesterday or over the, the Twitter, too. And, um, <clears throat> and, and and to me, I just feel as if, and, and Matt, man, you're exactly right. I'm not going to, I would not allow what Bree said Brie Larson said in regards to 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 um in and in her statements to number one tarnish Carol because yeah. I love Carol exactly I was well, she's one of my favorite female characters but I would not allow that to override the good that she has been to me yeah exactly. and and what she has provided me since I first saw her when I was ten years old yeah and I think that I think what what really needs to be done. Believe, have your beliefs, but there's a time and a place for everything. Battles must be picked. Now, my grief with, and you and I, and I talked with you about this before, and I mentioned it on the show. My only beef that I have with, I'm sorry, with my beef with Dean Kane was when that Fox, when they were talking about what it would be like to see Superman, when everyone was talking about Michael B. Jordan playing Superman. And being Superman, being a person of color, and Dean Cain spoke up and said, well, I was kind of like I was. Yeah. But because he's he's half Japanese. Yeah, but, right, a, right. But, but at the same time, 
if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, because, but, but I'm going to tell you guys, somebody who did notice that long before we did. All right. No, I'm I, sorry. I, Noelle Neal. Got to cut you off. I'm sorry, but 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 she noticed that. And and I was just saying that, you know, when they were talking about characters of color, the one guy from Fox said, I wouldn't have cared if the Black Panther right. was Chinese. Moving on. Right. Tommy, give me your new story. I got two for us. Um, apparently, the Zatanna movie is a good go. Um, it looks like they're they are going to be producing a live action movie. They don't have anyone uh, um, attached to play her yet, but it looks like it is a go. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting if you're a big fan of of the character. Who would you cast? Make sure you get out get out there and get your Hawkman fours now. I'll be full. <laughs> well, it's through the, through the stratosphere. That, that depends on what time frame you're going to put it in. Are you going to tie her directly to Justice League Dark, or are we going to see her father's Atara? Um, and her oh, growing yeah. up with that. Yeah. See, I'm. I, I think I'm more like modern time thing. Maybe. Well, yeah. you could actually do both. You could. Ha- we could see her father Zatara being a stage musician. They live, you know, hand to mouth, and then you find out that he's actually a cover. He's fighting some great ancient evil. Um, has been passed down the family line, and you see her pick the mantle up as an adult, um, and work justly really dark yeah. into it to the point where she goes. You know, I can't do this alone like Dad did, and we and she starts recruiting like John Constantine and and. I'd love to see. Con- oh yeah, Constantine, especially so, especially the Matt Ryan. I'm same. with you on that one, Randy, because if uh, anyone has seen the just the, the latest animated feature, um, Justice League Dark Apocalypse Now, that would be very very good to come on the heels of. Well, I'll start writing that this weekend. Yeah. Uh, what's your other story? You do that. Um, the second one is Star. Girl viewed for season two by CW. Um, previously, it had been on DC Universe and then airing the next day on on CW. But that's not going to happen anymore. It's going to be a CW uh, and and air the next day on their services. So I'm kind of wondering what this means for the DC staff. It's you know that it means over. that the show was doing really good, and CW says, "Hey, we're getting a bigger audience for it on the nights that we have it than you do on the streaming. Let us have it first. Right. We, we call it the C. We call it I the mean, CW. Not, in my Snyder house, right. the CW. <laughs> the DC Universe app. It's going to it's going to HBO Max, and you know Harley. You know they've also been moving other shows that were exclusive, like Harley Quinn shows on on uh, what is it Sci Fi now." Right, so I did, I'm and I did see they're... speculation that they think the DC Universe app is about to go away, which only yeah, makes I, sense to blend it in that's... with HBO Max. Um, my only concern with that is losing access to the back library of comics. Yeah, uh, but yeah, let's be that's, honest, it wasn't what... as extensive as Marvel's, but they were working on it. So who knows? You're right, and I mean that's that's a good reason to have it right there, in my opinion, is back issues of comics, being able to read those because right. I love my Marvel Unlimited. Yep, and you know the DC universe is, is has had a you know it, it had a pretty good collection. I mean, it's just it's not on par with Marvel Unlimited. Right. So a couple of news items I have. This one actually hits uh, home for me. Uh, Dragon Con has canceled mm. their 2020 convention. Uh, I knew it was coming. I actually canceled my plans a couple of weeks ago. Moved my hotel to 2021. Moved my membership to 2021. Uh, but. Uh, the reason I mention it is because I know um, Dragon Con is considered like the largest on the East Coast. I think it's like only next to New York City Comic Con as far as sheer numbers. But they are also doing the virtual experience this Labor Day. So they'll be having a free virtual con that weekend. And also, same thing with San Diego Comic Con. They're also going to be doing their Comic Con at home. Um, and Marvel has actually announced they have two new panels going on as well. They already had their Marvel 616 series going on there, but apparently they're now going to be doing also Marvel HQ and Next Big Thing panels on their um, virtual convention. Next Big Thing will be um, focusing on the upcoming titles such as Empire and then like Amazing Spider-Man 850 and uh, the X of Swords crossover. And the Marvel HQ is going to be more for the younger fans, so like Lego and Spider-Man Maximum Venom, what have you. So... That's what we have there. A couple of things I do want to point out. Um, The Flash Forward trade paperback came out. Um, And if you remember, there was supposed to be a free comic book day Generation Zero that was going to take place after Flash Forward that was going to pave the way for 5G, which is now supposedly, you know, in a dumpster not happening. But the Flash Forward trade paperback prints that Generation Zero that didn't come out. Oh, cool. 
So for those of you who were thinking of getting that, you just found a reason. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, I actually read that and I'm like, wow, I need, even though I had the issues of Flash Forward, I said that's a good reason in, in itself to pick up the uh, trade. Um, Adventure Man number one by Image Comics came out last month, and I just got mine in uh, through my direct retailer this week. Um, I actually want to say this is a really good book to pick it up. Um, it's uh, written by um, Matt Fraction, and it's illustrated by um, Terry Dodson and inked by oh, Rachel man, Dodson. I love those so it's people. great artwork, but it's also a thick book for like four dollars. So it's a regular three ninety nine price, but it's like sixty some pages. Wow! So they they gave you a huge page count, and they didn't up the superhero price. genre. Superhero-type genre? Right. Okay, it's, uh, cool. Think of um, 1930s, 40s serials like uh, Indiana Jones oh, type cool. of thing. So, but yeah, I, I will. that's all I'll tell you. You'll have to read it because midway through it takes a 180 on you. Oh, oh, oh you like to be dropping everybody with these, these books would take that swerve. Yeah, it's, it's, actually, it's actually a good book. I read <laughs> issue one. Issue two, by the way, guys, just popped out today. Um, okay. So you can pick up issue two, and if you're lucky, your retailer will also have issue one. Unfortunately, I don't think um, Gateway did, but I only saw issue two on the shelf. I didn't look further mm -hmm. behind them. So I do want to mention some stuff that came out today as well. Um, I got to go get my stuff. Too. So this one I, I, I both like and I'm chuckling about. It's previously in Marvel Comics. Now, it's a freebie, um, but when you have to put out a regular-sized comic, to explain your universe, you have gone wrong somewhere. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> now, I only say that because I understand that Marvel's got some 80-plus years of history just like DC. There's a lot of young readers out there who don't know where to jump on. But at the same time, those of us who've been reading comics for, you know, eons are also like, I don't have the first freaking clue what's going on but, anymore. But, I mean, um, I have a few of those who's who, like DC's who's, right. uh, who's who or whatever comic books. I love those because, I yeah. mean... It's, um, you know, I'm not as avid a collector as you guys, you know, but I mean, I, and I did want to learn more about all these characters and especially right. in that DC who's who era, you know, that was the only place you can find information about, uh, characters you, uh, you don't see or, or, or even read. Right. You know, well, I'll um, tell you what, when um, I was first buying comic books, I was in a really small town. And mm -hmm. so there's very few titles that came to my small town. Right. Well, and I would say too, with 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 what Madman's saying, I think it's about time that you know who's who made a comeback, and same mm -hmm. thing with the official handbook to the Marvel Universe. Oh, of I'd course, like absolutely. Oh. But like I said, I, I looked at this and I was like, huh. It says so Marvel. You what you did here is good, but at the same time, you're also admitting that you needed help tracking your own changes because you've made yeah. so many of yeah. them. I think um, you're just you're just very critical of Marvel. I so. am very critical of Marvel. That's right. You know what? I am. I'm, I will freely admit I am still hurting from one more, more day. day. Yeah, <laughs> I will freely admit it. Um, also, He's still carrying a grudge. Now, having said that, um, I'm really excited. This came out. Um, remember the old graphic novel? Yes, sir. God, God loves man kills. Yeah. We've got issue one of two of the extended cut. They are reprinting um, the, the X Men graphic novel, and this has. I believe some new pages at the beginning of it that make it um, more modernly relevant. It still tells the same story, but it's been kind of updated to bring it into uh, 21st century. Oh, so, cool. really like that. And also, Tommy, you're going to love this one. We read Deceased, and we read Deceased, um, the Survivors or the, the Unkillables. Uh, they did this one directly digital first, but now it is in print format. Deceased Dead Planet number one came out. Um, so that was originally just on DC Digital, but it is now print. So if you liked the, the DC series and it was fantastic, you'll get this along with Unkillables if you have it. I love whoever does the art on that because he does those Batman alternate covers. Right. I, I got to find out who he is. He does put some, some great stuff. The, uh, the cover for Batman 94 today is really good, too. Cool. All right. So let's go, and since we did that, let's just go ahead and jump right into the show and tell. Oh, uh, can I... Yes. Before we do that, can I, I screwed up the uh, the ad at the end at the beginning for a can Libby. I, you want to rerun it? Yeah. Can we can I rerun it? Is that okay? Go right ahead. Right. Lost. 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 In the Long Box is sponsored by Gateway Comics and Toys. Gateway is located at two three six eight Plank Road in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our website is gatewaycomicsandtoys.com, where you can find more information about our store, including hours, new releases, and specials for the week. Our social media is under Gateway Comics and Toys as well, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Man, 
What a worker she is. Man. Even six, she's still going to do the promo. <laughs> ah, exactly. There you go. All right. Tommy, you go first with your show and tell. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is one I've actually shown before, but it was appropriate for tonight's subject. So I figured I'd bring it back out. And that is Captain America 100. Nice. Book. Lovely. Is that a repurchase? Yeah. Isn't that one of the ones you lost? This one of the this is what this is, and I'm I'm very happy to have it back. Now, have you gotten your this Avengers not, four back? No, this is this is not one of those ones Man. that I didn't find. <laughs> no, this is one of the purchases, unfortunately. So you 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 bring it and you're laughing, but uh, if you if you've ever been to a um, website mycomicshop.com, they have a once a quarter they have a auction called the Prime Auction, where they bring out the heavy comics. All right, and um, they don't, they didn't have an event there but they did have my first appearance of the silver surf to fifteen hundred dollars and they did have my appearance my uh, giant size x-men one which is already up to twelve hundred dollars yeah so that hurts seeing those absolutely (laughs) all right yes good book i'm glad you brought that in because that is going to tie into today's uh, oh you know what mad men's does too uh number one gi joe special missions Back in that era when they took G.I. Joe, I think it was Hasbro, did it? Mm, it was a cartoon yeah, and the toys. Yeah. Took it from just being that one guy with the beard that went and dug up mummies and made it an actual special task force in the U.S. military. Well, that's why I love, this, especially the Special Missions books. Those are my favorite G.I. Joe comic books because um, later in life, I ended up actually working in combined task force and uh, joint operations with other military people. and. It was cool, you know, because um, in these books, you know, you'd have a bunch, of, like a small group of of guys from different branches of service, you know, for, you know, and it's what they call a combined task force, you know, joint operations mission. And I, I, later in life, I ended up doing that kind of thing. Not necessarily for real. I didn't get in like gunfights or anything. I was more like mainframe. I was in the background working on the computer. Right. But you know what's really funny about this? Uh, this is one of the early examples r- right after Star Wars of a cartoon where they made a bunch of um, elaborate characters to sell toys. Yeah. But here was the thing. The cartoon was good, so it worked. Yeah. If it had been a crappy cartoon, no one would have bought the toys. Like GoBots. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, but my because God. The, but because the cartoon <laughs> had great stories in it and the comic had great stories, yeah. the toys sold. Absolutely. So, so somebody, at, I guess it was Hasbro, Hasbro Amigo, knew what they were doing. Yeah. I can find the lesson at the end because now you know. And no one has to bat. You're talking about the cartoon, not the comic books. Uh. <laughs> All right. Um, this is actually a good one, too. I, I remember when these books first started coming out, and this is so funny. It's only $1.50 on it. But back then, $1.50 was kind of breaking the bank. Yeah, I, I yeah that's a high that price. Kind of a Marvel Fanfare number 29. <laughs> not but, to mention, too. But the, but the green of the Hulk there doesn't mess with the chroma key. What's up with that? I don't know. Maybe because uh, the darkness is a shade. Different shade. But you know know what was also really great about these Marvel fanfares? Um, This was one of the first books from Marvel that went direct market only. Yeah. You weren't going to pick this up at the 7-Eleven or the grocery store. You had to have a comic shop near you to get it. Oh, yeah. Um, And unfortunately, at the time these first started coming out, those nope. were dime those a dozen. Were rare. You yeah, didn't have rare. a lot of comic shops. Yep. So. And uh, one of the, when the first two issues was a team up of Spider-Man and the X-Men. I was true because I was on an X-Men kickback in uh, 82 when that, when that book first came out. Man, I couldn't find that to save my life. But I got that one because I love John Burns' run on the Hulk. And this was a story that was specifically for Marvel fanfare with um, Hammer and Anvil that tied into the Captain America Scourge storyline. Yeah. it's a, I also, too, remember the first issue of this, uh, a Marvel fanfare, had that great Spider-Man in the Savage Land cover where the That's Jared it. Doctor That's got it. Him. That's yeah. it. That's was, it. You wanted that book just because of that cover. Listen, I, I am a big fan of Kesar. I literally jumped out of my skin when I saw him on the X-Men and you, Shauna right. and Zabu. Oh, man. Good stuff. Oh, remember yeah. That, happy birthday that, to John Byrne. Remember that great cover of, of Kesar number one, the red cover with him and Zabu and Shauna uh, racing towards you? Like, yeah. All right. So keeping up with last week since I brought in that Fantastic Four 77, I went back and I brought in Fantastic Four number 68. Jeez Louise. That's a pretty book. It Isn't is. it, though? Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of my FFs are, are these early ones are are ones that I that I bought some high end copies. I, I want to say high, I mean it's not mint, but it's it's a good it's in good, good shape. That's yeah. a very pretty book. Hey man, I, hey, that would be one of the pinnacles of my collection. Now here's one 
I went shopping this weekend, so... Oh, um, oh, that, oh Randy could do two? Uh, 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 is that how it works? <laughs> okay. Now he's going no, he, to eat words here in a second. <laughs> so I went shopping this weekend. Um, the wife and I went out and hit a couple of antique stores, and I picked this book up, um, Archie number 141. Oh, wow. That's a 12 that, center, too. Oh, Betty, you look good. Look at that. That is a great condition, right? That's a oh, wow. that's a 14-year-old boy's dream, yeah. Yeah, that's a beautiful book. <laughs> now, now you want to know what's fantastic about this book? Betty? It's a gift for Mad Men. Ah! No. Oh, now I, now I feel like a real jerk. <laughs> You're right. You I, can put it with the others. I'll get it later. Once, I, once I saw that in the bin, and I said, Mad Men is going to lose his mind, so I picked that up for you. That's awesome. Thank oh, you man, very much. Well. All right, so our subject tonight, now, we were actually going to be doing this last week because mm. the 4th of July was coming, but we preempted it for our Joe Sinat tribute. We're going to be talking about the patriotic heroes out there. Um, I'm going to let Tommy go first because it was his subject matter, and he, he actually wanted to do this a while back, and I said, well, let's save that for 4th of July. Cool. So take it away, Tommy. Well, we're going to start with, with the king of patriotic heroes, Captain America. Coming to us uh, from, and from Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Captain America Comics number one from March 1941. First, pick, first cover appearance is him punching hit in the face. And I make it a point to share that cover every year on Facebook on July the 4th. <laughs> uh, yes. Happy July 4th. Here is a picture of Captain America punching Hitler punching in, the face. in the face. Oh. Well, you know what else is great about that book? Why that book has such relevance? Not just because he's fighting the Axis, but... When that book came out, suddenly the entire comic industry went, hey, we've got a common enemy, and it'll just sell the crap of our books. And it was called The Axis. Mm -hmm. and it right. Did. I mean, that, that was because like you said, it, it wasn't just, you know, his book. I mean, it was in, you know, D.C. It was in The Independence. I mean, Hitler was the, end, was the number one, pretty much everyone. Um, World you know, Captain number. Marvel Comics. Yeah. Cap Comics had Captain Nazi, you know. I mean, it, they they just exploded everywhere. Well, remember too. Um, it also someone at Marvel. It's this had to be a a, a King thing. Uh, and who wrote? Uh, who's created Captain uh, Marvel with King? Joe Simon. Thank you. Um, you know he had to say, "Hey, America's got superheroes. Why can't they access to have supervillains?" And so we got um, Red Skull. And then Baron Zemo. When did Baron Zemo come? Did he come during that time frame? He came in the sixties, right? But he was still Zemo awesome. was a um, was a Silver Age villain. Yeah, but he was a awesome. Silver Age villain. But um, his story has him in the forties because he was the yeah, one yeah. that responsible for the drone that right killed that, Bucky. That killed Bucky and, and yeah, put killed Bucky. And ice. Killed Bucky. But the character itself was till till the Silver Age, right? But yeah, you, the Red Skull came pretty quickly. I think like issue three or four, uh, if I'm not. Um, but yeah, and um, like you said, this is the granddaddy of them all. Steve stepped down uh, uh, as Captain America a few years, become Nomad and the Captain, and you know someone else has stepped in. So there's been more, several Captain Americans. You know Jeffrey Mace, William Nislin, Lisk, um, you know Bucky Barnes, he's Captain America for a while. Sam Wilson more, most recently. But you know the the number one hero that we have has got to be Captain America. Most I mean, definitely, he wraps himself in the flag. He fights for truth, justice, the American way. He's my boy. Now you can't yeah. use a Superman line on a Marvel hero. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. All right, I can do whatever I want. Because like you, like, like you were saying earlier, Superman is not is not a, a pay, you know a U.S. hero. So we can steal that for Captain America. True. Uh, so I have one here, um, and I know Tommy actually likes this guy. Um, because he's a fan of, of his group. Right. But oh, yeah. From the 1940s, who actually started in National Comics, Uncle Sam. Oh, now, one I, of the best. I, I, well, it's funny. i got to tell you, I never was really a fan of Uncle Sam. Mm -hmm. um, but what I didn't know is that, first off, that he started over at uh, National Comics, who was put out by um, another comic company. I can't remember now. Quality Comics. Quality, Quality. Comics. Thank you, yes. Um but the original history of him was that he was actually the spirit of a slain American Revolutionary soldier yeah. who came out when another soldier was about to die. Mm -hmm. Almost kind of like predating the whole Spectre, um, Spirit of Vengeance type of thing. I um, thought it was like when a flag fell to the ground or something like that. I, it it might have been. The, the actual storylines that I found for him was that whenever there was a... Uh, a dying soldier, um, and they were in. The, there was like particular deep threat to America. Uncle Sam's spirit possessed them to, to fight on, type of thing. Right. 
Um, now yeah, he, actually, he was the embodiment. He was the of, of America. Right. And he actually had his own book, I think, for like four years. Uh, Uncle Sam Quarterly. Um, from Nash, yeah, from National yeah. Comics. Uncle Sam Quarterly ran, like you said, ran for 1940 to 1944. Right. So now here's where I know him from. See, I knew him as a DC hero. And the Freedom, Freedom Fighters. Fighters. Yep. I, I totally forgot that he had started with another company. Mm -hmm. Although, National Comics and Quality Comics, don't they get absorbed into DC? Yeah, because DC of. had like, a lot of that property. Yeah, DC had like three actual companies, Detective, National, and More Fun. And, and they were actually separate entities, but they all published under National right. Periodical, right? So, But yeah, so anyway, apparently... DC bought all the quality characters like in the 50s, um, and that's how they got a hold of Uncle Sam. Mm. And then they started using him as a supporting character in Justice League of America, which I don't remember any of those issues. I'm going to have to go look. I, yeah, I remember him a couple times. I remember a few, a few episodes, huh? A few, a few, yeah. <laughs> right. A few issues where he, he showed up. I, um,. I got exposed to him and Phantom Lady because and Black Condor and the Ray and the Human Bomb because of that um series during the seventies. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters of Earth X. Yep. Yeah. And and boom. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I love the fact that this put him on Earth X, where the Nazi Germany won World, World War Two and it goes all the way into like the seventies. Yeah. So Right, and they're and they're back against against the Nazis. You know, funny thing about that is is the Freedom Fighters in their original um in their original role from from uh, Quality Comics were not a team, right? They were no, they were all individual characters. They were put together, they were put together as a team by DC Comics. They were not a team under their original on, under their original banner. There were no Freedom Fighters. The Freedom Fighters were done <laughs> by DC. Right, and then after DC got them. Um, his powers changed a lot. He became a lot like Captain America, actually, oh, yeah. because he got super strength and vulnerability. Um, although a couple that he got that Captain America, apparently he couldn't, he could alter his size. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also had some teleportation powers because he could transport the team wherever they needed to be. But at the same time, um, I guess they kind of didn't, they retconned that out or forgot he had it because in Freedom Fighters number one, they have to have someone transport them right. um, to another planet. I always wish they gave him like his powers based upon like kind of like Shazam, where he's like he's got the fighting skills of Lincoln, he's got the uh, the density of Taft, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh, that would actually have been really cool. <laughs> he can travel through time like Grover that Cleveland. Been cool. You just made me... time like Grover Cleveland. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like... We actually just made me think of that whole hey, thing. Hey, hey, Shazam hey, movie. Hey, what was it? My, man, man, he had Grover Cleveland's appetite. <laughs> no, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, Taft's, yeah, Taft's, uh, like, uh, mass. Oh, yeah, I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking Grover Cleveland, Grover Cleveland was head. Uh, no, was no, Taft he could travel through time like Grover Cleveland. Okay. Or Hoover's <laughs> ineptitude. <laughs> All right, hey, so who do you got for Patriot Heroes there? I'm going to give you guys one that was, believe it or not, some call it, would think it'd be a Captain America knockoff, but it was created by the same gentleman, mm. the Fighting American. Yeah. And, Fighting uh, American gets mentioned before U.S. agent. Yep. No. Continue. Uh, <laughs> he debuted in May in 1954. So as I stated, he was created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Um, awesome entertainment with our good friend Rob Liefeld back in 1990. <laughs> brought, <laughs> brought him back. And um, those were some pretty good books. Um, the art was good. And McGinnis, uh, I became a fan of Ed McGinnis. Because of fighting American, hmm. I'm McGinnis is definitely a great, great, great artist. I, I was love, I, when, you, when you were talking about Rob Liefeld, it's like fighting American comes back with no feet and pouches all. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he did have feet. Rob Liefeld brought the character back, but uh, I know there was some where he drew him, but we didn't see the guy's feet. But luckily, the other guys who did gave him his feet, and um, it's just basically, you know, he was a Captain America. He was the Captain America that dealt with McCarthyism, dealt with um, a lot of other things post World War II, and he had a he had a little sidekick like with Bucky, a Bucky esque type sidekick, Speed Boy, and um, he turned out to be a great character, and he's still he's still you know not around much, but when he comes up, he does sell. Hmm. I did not know Fighting American. Yep. All right, so Tommy, that tells me you, I know who you had next then. Tommy. Oh, I thought you were going to Mad, 
Madman, well, Madman okay, do you so have yeah, one? I, I got another one. U.S. agent, but I, apparently nobody cares. Well, no, go, go ahead. ahead get, get a U.S. agent. Stop. I have him on the list, actually. Yeah, yeah we had him. I don't want him now. Apparently nobody wants a U.S. agent. So I'm going <laughs> to say G.I. Joe. It's a real American hero. That's why I like G.I. Joe. Because... Well, back up. Let's back up here. Go back to U.S. Agent. Because I didn't read those comics either. I didn't like him. Was U.S. Agent Captain, uh, Steve Rogers' other identity after he gave up to Captain America? No. Mantle? No. Yes US and agent. no. Yes and no. U.S. Agent um, took over when the government tried to sanction or try to tell Steve how to be Captain America. He gave it, willingly gave it up because he didn't want to compromise his, because he's not going to have anything compromising what he stood for. So they got a young, uh, they got an African American character as the new Bucky, and John Walker, um, aka um, Super Patriot, became Captain America. And then when he started running afoul with Captain America and doing things that um, sold Captain America's name and legacy, Steve Rogers fought him for the right to wear the um, wear the costume again, and he took took Captain America back. And U.S. Agent John Walker took. Or should I say Super Patriot took Captain Marvel's the Captain's costume and became U.S. Agent. And I need a USA, chart. Agent, <laughs> U.S. Agent, member of the Avengers for well, quite some time. Right. So, in other words, this was Marvel's He's first attempt at Civil War. Character, but... uh, basically, yes. <laughs> it was basically a feeble attempt for Super. It, it was Civil War, but it was just within the pages of Captain America. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He wasn't a terrible character. He wasn't but, a terrible you know. character. He he was kind of like, and I know you don't <laughs> want to make the, the reference, but he was kind of like the Stone Cold Steve Austin of comic book characters. He was the guy yeah, that, that he was anti. He was a good guy, good person, but he didn't let anybody tell him what to do. Everything he did was on his own merits. You get in his way, he kicked your butt. So you know what's funny is like, uh, you seen that movie Jerry Maguire? Yeah. Yes. Where um. Uh, those kids come up to uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. in the airport, and they say, and they're like holding a, like an autograph book. It's like, are you Hootie? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like U.S. Agent would have ran into that every time. It's like, oh, Captain America is here to save us. It's like, actually, I'm I'm U.S. Agent. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, who? <laughs> yeah. So I, I have a little bit of love for U.S. Agent. Yes, I just was. Yeah, I mean, like, he wasn't a terrible character. I, I I liked him. Yeah, I liked him in West Coast Avengers. He was pre- he was pretty good there. He was but, a, you know, he was good enough to stay around because like you know normally whenever anyone runs a foul Captain America they generally discard him and that's it they give him the Osriel treatment but no he was good enough to stay around yeah, yeah he hung around for a while I think he still used some I know he was in um around what was the, the initiative time he was in, in uh the the Mega Flight miniseries that mm-hmm, they right, did so right. yep I didn't know anything about him all right Tommy. So this is a, a an interesting one that I found while, while looking this up. Character's name is is uh, is Captain Free. He's from the from the golden age of, of superheroes from Harvey Comics. Captain who? Uh, he first Freedom? appeared. Captain Freedom. Okay. He first appeared in Speed Comics thirteen and was in it until the comics cancellation um, uh, with number uh, number forty four from nineteen forty one until uh, January of nineteen forty seven. Basically, from you know, from what I'm reading on him, he's basically a Captain America clone. You know, he had, you know, he he, he fought, you know, spies and saboteurs and stuff like that. Um, There's but, quite a lot of those clones going around when it comes to that. The, 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 the funny, the funny thing about this is, is he's listed as being created by Frank Lag, and nobody knows who that is. Who? It's 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 Franklin Flag. There's there's not. They're not able to locate. That sounds, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like, like a, pen, a pseudonym. Yeah, yeah, pen name. Yeah, it's a it's a pseudonym, and they have no idea who the real Franklin Flag is. So they have no idea who actually created this character or send the checks. Right, exactly. It's, it's probably it's probably a disgruntled Marvel writer from back then, and mm-hmm. when they yeah. rejected his idea and went with Captain America idea, mm-hmm. so he took it to another company. <laughs> yeah, I, I just that that part right there, I found um I found pretty interesting. Is that you know we have no idea who really actually created this character. Interesting. I didn't know anything about that character. So I didn't either until, you know, doing some research for the show. So this this was the first I'd heard of uh of Captain Freedom. I I'm I'm kinda wondering how much that first appearance is, is worth because I might want to pick up the first appearance of probably uh, yeah. not much because it's not a hot book that everybody's looking for. Well, just it's from nineteen forty one though. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a hot book, but it's still a golden age book from 1941. You know what's going to happen, right? I'm going to look up You're Captain Freedom number one. I'm going to find out that little tidbit of comic history that makes it a sought after item, and then him and I are going to be competing for that oh, one. Now. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be here. Then we'll be here. <laughs> you ass! <laughs> now, it'll probably be some like uh, uh, minor character that you know appeared first appearance in a tertiary story in the right in the book. Who became the major character like 20 years later? Yeah, yeah. not all Golden Age book books are worth <laughs> worth so, getting. Yeah, yeah, like, like you said, like for all we know, that could be like a major character that actually appears with him. You know, it could yeah. be one of those situations yeah. where Action Comics number one is the first appearance of you know Zatara. Z Zatara, but you know that's not what people want it for. Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> and Slam Bradley. Slam Bradley. Right. <laughs> So I have one. Oh, Enos, you're going to love this one because this is one of your favorite boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it is Patriotic Heroes, but that doesn't mean we have to stay in the U.S. I'm going to jump across the pond to our brethren and bring out some Captain Britain. Yeah, yeah buddy. Mr. Brian Braddock. Yes, good sir. show. Good show. I, I will actually Jolly good. I will say I actually do like Captain Britain. Yes, I always kind of like this character. Depends um, on what his voice sounds like, really. Yes. Oi, true. what you doing? <laughs> are, are, you, are you boys perpetrating some crimes up in here? Right. I tell you. Oh, that just won't do. No. We, we, we oh, just I might, have, might have to get into a little bit of a ruckus with you. That's right. So what I like about him. You bloke. Is that his powers are actually granted to him by Merlin. Right. And right, this is yeah. like the King Arthur Merlin. I know it's Arthurian. It's great. Uh, yeah. So, and it's, and it's the whole thing is that uh, you are to protect Britain type of thing. Um, so he's not as... Much world savior as Captain America, as much as he's like, your responsibility, lad, mm -hmm. is, yeah. is right here in the UK. Uh, Don't worry about the next one, they're walking around here. Sometimes you get you go to that 50 cent bin right. and you can find a whole bunch of those, like, uh, those Captain Brit Britain. What were, what were they? The group? Um, well, he joins oh, Excalibur in the UK. Excalibur, you're talking Excalibur about being Excalibur. Yeah, and then you get those, and so you just entertain yourself reading those 50-cent comic books, but every time you read uh, Captain Britain's bubble, you just do a weird accent. Oi, quit mocking about. <laughs> now, what's he funny kinda, is... You kind of read it in, in a British accent. Whether, yeah. whether you mean to or not, you do it. Here's what's kind of really weird. The character is actually really popular. There he is. But for mm -hmm. a long time, Marvel printed those just in the UK. You couldn't get them here. Absolutely. And the ones that we did get were yes. all the Treasury oversized editions. You, uh, you can get some, yeah. Or when you he get made, through Canada, when yeah. he teamed up with, um, when he made his debut in the pages of Marvel, team up with Spider Man, right? Yeah. And um, the birthday boy himself, John Byrne, drew the two issue art featuring Captain Britain, which made me a fan back in 1978. Well, I certainly think I love that uh, Britain, you know latched onto that hero. Right. I mean, I, I can understand, you know, it's like, I think that, that, like, comic books, they may have started in the United States, but they've spread everywhere in the world since right. then. And, I mean, absolutely, you should create your own patriotic character for your country. Right. Well, oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's a Marvel creation, mm -hmm. but uh, you're right. UK just latched on to him, like, but well, don't you think that Marvel made that character just to, like, grab a hold of some English they readers? They specifically made that character just oh, to yeah. get a hold of some, <laughs> of some English money, which is why the book was only available over there for a long exactly. time. Exactly, and uh, there was a guy that was at Fredcon last year had some uh, some of the British weeklies with Captain Britain. Good stuff. Enos salivated so much, I had to go get a freaking mop. Man, I, 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 now, the, but this was the earlier costume of Captain Britain, which to me With was the, better. the face mask. The face on. mask yeah. and the lion on. That was a better one than the one he I wore. love that costume. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. I will say, he was probably the one character, him and his sister Megan, yeah. were the two characters that kept me reading um, Excalibur. Excalibur. Even when they took that horrible cross-time caper that ended up being like 13 issues. It was only supposed to have been four. Remember that? Train oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, look, we've got to talk about him. we got to mention another one, Union Jack. Absolutely, mm. yes. <laughs> I love yeah. Union Jack. Yeah, you gonna yeah, talk Union about Jack was Union Jack? Well, Union Jack was one of the founding members of the Invaders, and um, was part of British royalty. Who, along with his sister Spitfire, like I said, was part of the founding members of uh, of the Invaders. Very popular comic back during the seventies, which featured the original Human Torch, Captain America, and Namor the Submariner. Yeah, and um. There was a story arc where um, during John, again, this guy must be John Byrne week, during John <laughs> Byrne's run on Captain America where he went up against his vampiric brother, 
burn blood. Oh yeah, and, blood made its first appearance in Invaders. Right, and uh, and um, he came out of retirement of sorts to help uh, Cap take him on by disguising himself as Lord Farnsworth because um, um, John or Baron Blood was trying to kill him and Cap defeated him and wound up uh, killing him. But Lord Farnsworth passed away and uh, a family friend, Joseph Chapman, took up the mantle of uh, Union Jack. Do you remember when you first saw Invaders and you looked at one of those covers and you saw the torch and Submariner? Yeah. And I don't know who this other guy is, but it's got torch and Submariner. Torch and Submariner. Yeah. So you pick it up and you read it. Because you're and, so used to Submariner and, being a bad guy. Exactly. And then you get to the torch and they call him Toro. Like, yeah. Who the hell is this yeah. guy? Yeah. <laughs> and, look, and, then, and the human torch had no eyes. Right. And then you're like, well, I don't know any of these guys except Submariner. But wait a minute, they're kind of cool. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> and yeah. so you kept reading it. Oh yeah, hey, Invaders is a great book. I've been reading, I've been rereading it. Um, you know, Mar on Marvel Unlimited here, here recently. It's 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 excellent. But yeah, it was it, it was one of those books that you bought because the characters were cool, and then you kept mm -hmm. reading it because the story was really well done. Uh, Madman, right. who you got? Does. The Minuteman from Freedom Force, the video game. Uh, I will oh, totally yes, give you Minuteman. He <laughs> he's, he's another, he's another uh, Captain America clone, obviously. Um, but I mean, I just, uh, I think Tommy and I talked about it on the video games episode. We talked about superhero. He's got such yeah. a cheesy '60s origin. Yeah, it's a Actually, very. I love that, uh, especially the very first Freedom Force. It has a very Silver Age comic book appeal. A statue with a Minuteman glowing. Exactly. <laughs> well, everything. And the, and the best yeah. part about it is, is you know, it, it doesn't make fun of the Silver Age. It's, Absolutely you know, right. It's a love it's, story. It's a it's a love story. Absolutely. I remember that was a great game. And I, I pl played it to death. I, I loved when someone put out the skin so you could import oh, like yeah. DC and Marvel characters. And then I made a tragic error getting um, Freedom Force versus the Third Reich. Yes. And got my rear oh, end man. kicked oh. all over that game. <laughs> you remember how yeah. much tougher that game got? Ah. <laughs> you were like, this is no fun at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's another honorable mention character, too, that's patriotic. The Shield. Who was part of Archie Comics was part of the Mighty Crusaders. Oh, yeah, when they did Mighty Crusaders and The Fly and yeah. a couple of other characters they um, had. Yeah. Tommy, who else you got? So we got one that um is based on one that Enos just talked on that what what they were what the invaders were based on. That's the all winter squad from yeah. the uh oh, yes. from the Golden Eight. Um, you know, bought to us in all winners comics number nineteen in nineteen forty-six. Um some of the one of the creators of, of, of these Fine chaps was uh, Bill Finger, who oh, we did yeah. a, an earlier story on. Um, members in, included Captain America, Bucky, Human Torch, Toro, Submariner, the Wizard, uh, Miss America, the Blonde Phantom, and the Golden Age Angel. Blonde Phantom, I love when she shows up in John Byrne's She Hulk run. Mm. Um, yeah, because for the first the first few issues, you don't know who I, that that's who she is. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to get that trade paperback or hardcover. Uh, there is, I, I'll, I'll tell you later on, there is a, a John Byrne omnibus She-Hulk, um, cool. but, but it's not all the issues. It's missing several issues because I almost bought it and I got disappointed when it wasn't the whole run. Oh, so, man. Yeah. But yes, so um, yes, the All Winter Squad was really good. That was another Golden Age book, right, you said? Yeah, so that was yeah, one of the no. Golden Age superhero teams that, that, fought the, that fought the Nazis. Like I said, it was the precursor to the, uh, to the invaders. It's what the invaders were based on. So, Fantastic. Um, you know, invaders weren't completely invaders weren't completely the all the all winter squad because let's face it the, the wizard wasn't a member of the invaders you know, the blind phantom yeah but so yeah one of one of those uh groups that band together to take the fight to hitler yeah it was such you know the the access was such an easy mark for all yeah, these yeah, yeah. well i mean well it is one of those things you know in that time period you already had a ready need Villain. Ready -made well, villain, that's right. what I mean. It's like they're very. You could not use it. You could not, not use. You know, I mean, the Axis powers were. I mean, there's there's no disputing. They were evil. They were pure evil. And yeah, I mean, and, it's some yeah, of the most it was evil the very that's ever first supervillain, really. Right, and and you know, and it was real. I yes, mean, yeah. it wasn't someone just made up. It was real. Right. So you couldn't not use it. I mean, can you now? Can you imagine being a comic book publisher back in the day? Charlton, DC, Dell, Fawcett, whoever, and the war ends. 
And you're sitting going, oh, crap. Who do we have now? <laughs> exactly. And, and you then, then you got to work happened? hard again and, and sweat yourself well, what to happened death. The superhero, the war ended. You yeah. know, you, you saw that that's when the decline of superhero comics happened. Yep. That's when the war ended. Yep. Because, exactly. you, know, yeah. you spent five really years fighting the Axis, and now suddenly they were gone. And not only were they yeah, gone, they, but they, we were rebuilding one of the countries. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's probably, that's a big part of why the decline in superhero comics, well, because they didn't have anybody else. And, you know, the war was over. Yeah, things like war change to the nature of culture. And if something like that changes, then the culture is going to change. Exactly. Right. So and that's why a, we get a, a boom until, you know, the silver age. I have a, another great patriotic hero. Oh. You're going to love this one. Oh, God. I know you're going to love oh, this oh, one. Oh, God. And again, I, I'm coming back from across the pond. Okay. But now I'm going north. Captain Canuck. Okay, no. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> you know what? If you guys have never read Captain Canuck. I can't believe I didn't bring Captain Canuck. I have one. I, I, I remember number one. Yeah. I remember seeing that years ago and it suddenly like a Captain Canuck special. Man. And he didn't really have a lot of superpowers. He's just like an average Joe. He yeah, had a little it's bit a of very average comic. Having yeah. enhanced strength. The but art it was, was cool, though. The art wasn't that good. The story wasn't that good. But there was just something about that it big maple leaf on Yeah, it was just something about him that was just freaking cool. Right. And it's just, it's kind of like the demon. But I mean, I don't, I don't um, think what, that... Jack Kirby's demon? I don't think that um, Captain Canuck, like, struck a, a chord within the Canadian people as much as Logan did. Right. No. 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 Well, here's the thing. Captain Canuck was a was a, a Canadian comic book company. Because right. I remember when you got that and you opened it up, you went, I don't know this company. Yeah. And I'm like, how come I yeah. never see these comics? Because remember, I think that one Captain Canuck special was made through some type of um, distribution uh, partnership with whoever it was at the time to bring it into the Because that's the only one I ever saw. Right. The only time you found Captain Canucks were when you were in at a convention. And unfortunately, you had three Captain Canucks, but a whole run of FF or Avengers or something over here. And like, I, I'm going to have to get these. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Priorities, you know. So, yep, Captain Canuck. I just, I said, I know no one's going to remember this guy until I mentioned Captain yeah. Canuck. Well, since we're on Canada, we, got, we can't talk about the, the great province of Canada without talking about Alpha Flight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and who I've been hearing there... There's some uh, rumblings going on that there's going to be a feature film with them coming up. I, I hope they that. do it right and get Peter Dinklage as pup. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he That's was probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, the Canadians weren't satiated by the Deadpool movies. No, I don't think so. It's, <laughs> you, you, you gotta have, you gotta have Alpha Flight because let's let's face it. Who doesn't want to see a big CGI Sasquatch in that movie? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, I do. I and, and look, and, and yeah, that movie has a lot of that movie. That movie had, would would have a lot of potential. To be a good one. The only problem is, I think too many of the characters are going to be by by the layman going to be compared to the already existing MCU characters, like um, who? What was it? Snowbird. Yeah. It's just going to be called Storm. Uh, um, I, I mean, you're going to have Wolverine. They're going to see Sasquatch. They're going to see Hulk or Juggernaut. Yeah. So, and, and and again, the question is: is like, what do they sound like? It was like Sasquatch going to be? Hey, what? How do what a Canadian sound? Well, uh, I, uh, they don't uh, really uh, have a, a strong. We're going uh, to show you what you're talking about. Uh, boot. What's the solo boot? What's the solo boot? Hi. So now just... And they would be the most polite, you know, team. Yeah, they would be very polite. But Sasquatch is like, are we getting to a fight or what? Uh, yeah, exactly. So now I'm just thinking about that episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother with Robin. I'm like, the song of Boot My Beaver. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. All right. On that note, <laughs> that is all the time we have for this week. I do want to remind everyone that Mad Men has their show, <laughs> Shot Monkey Radio, every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on FXBG Public Radio. Find me on YouTube. Uh, we do have our Facebook.com slash Lost in the Long Box. Um, lost in the Long Box at gmail.com. Please drop us a letter. We'd love to hear from you. Um, this radio station actually now has a Patreon account as well. Uh, Mabba, that's Patreon.com slash FXBG. Public Radio. Public Radio. Thank you. And then we have our uh, associated Facebook groups that are um, part of uh, the Lost in the Long Box uh, family here. Batman, Just Say Today and Forever, Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture, and Gather Together the Greatest Superhero Teams. Until next week, um, talk to you all later. Stay safe, everybody. Yep. Good night. Good night, everyone.